Welcome to The Action Shelf, the podcast celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman. Uh, our July cage match uh, continues on here. Uh, we got all, you, you, I know you're so happy that we have five weeks in July <laughs> for Nicolas Cage I mean, movies. So, Yeah, we just need to get as much cage as possible. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we have uh, uh, yet another guest with us. Uh, we're, we're welcoming back the always delightful Elizabeth Alley. Hello, thank you for inviting me. Oh yes, always a pleasure, Elizabeth. And of course, it wouldn't be yeah. We we figured you were one of the first people we thought of when we're doing a cage month. We got to bring Elizabeth. You were on for our JCVD month. Yes. Uh, so yes. yeah, we got to bring you back for cage. And as I've been asking everybody, are you a Nicolas Cage fan? I feel like I'm like medium, you know, I've always been aware of him. There's, you know, Valley Girl and um, Raising Arizona. Yeah. And then there was kind of like his, oh, Moonlighting. Love him, Moonlighting. Great, yeah. Then he was yeah. kind of like this unlikely like action star, like big time action star. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of kind of the fall, but now there's like a cage going on. So Big cage right happening, yeah. yeah. It just feels like a long-term relationship where, <laughs> like, now I feel invested because I've been aware of him for so long, and he's getting older, and I want him to go out on top. Yeah, right. There, no, there definitely is a sense of because that is it is the thing about he's ne there's never been a pause in the career, even if the quality dipped, he's still putting out tons of movies. So that's an yeah. actually that's a good yeah, it's a long-term relationship with Nicolas Cage. This guy is, has never gone anywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. he's, yeah, he's always been a fixture in our pop culture lives. So I do think that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good comparison there. Uh, well, this week we're talking about 2012's Stolen. Not to be confused yes. with Taken. Uh, uh, or the like numerous other movies called Stolen, <laughs> uh, which I noticed there's many, many. Yeah, well, we've talked about this. A lot of action shelf movies we cover have very generic titles, and often we have to look through, you know, how many how many movies are called Backfire or something like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes, we're talking about... But, the, yeah, this is 2012 Stolen. Uh, and this is pre-indebted Nicolas Cage? This is, is right this... on the cusp of it, yeah. This is, like, oh, okay. right so before is, um... his IRS troubles. Okay. Okay. So this is uh, this is this is not as we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but this is the quality of this. It feels a lot more like a real film yes. than I think every single other movie we've watched this month so far. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, yeah. And I think yeah, this there's is some, there's some talent involved for sure. for sure. Well, and that will I mean that will lead us to our budget then because uh, we we like to play the game where we try to guess the budget of the film. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, well, at least Lisman does, uh, or Lisman plays the game. I don't know if you like to play the game, but you 
Sure. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, uh, let's uh, take a guess on this budget because this thing does seem a little bit more polished. It does. It's still a Millennium film. Um, no. Which... Yeah. I mean, we're still. I mean, we're still in B action movie territory. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's take your uh, take okay. your best guess. 2012. I'm going to say. $20 million? $20 million. Elizabeth, do you have a, a, any kind of guess? I was thinking like $35 million. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth, you hit it right on the head. $35 million oh, yeah. is well, how much this movie costs. You know, nice. as I said before, is this could easily be like an NBC Sunday night movie. You yes. know, like as a solid TV, like not exactly prestige TV, but like solid network TV level. I think that's, right, yeah. I think that is definitely the quality we're looking at. I, I will say this movie, and looking through the trivia of this movie, it this, this did see theaters, believe it or not. Um, oh, wow. This one did see a, a, a brief theatrical release, I should say. It was pulled mm-hmm. from theaters after just two weeks. Uh, <laughs> that's a good sign yeah um and it it a uh, worldwide i think this might be the highest grossing movie we've ever covered on this show listman uh it cost 35 million it made 17.4 million which is a huge failure but that's a lot more than most action shelf movies that do come to theaters gross i mean what was it uh uh kill chain yeah, the movie we did uh, last know, week. Making $12,000. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge improvement over yeah. that. So, yeah, this this is this is a... But, I mean, this movie did... Opening weekend of this movie in the U.S. was 183000 That's really bad. Pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there is... Uh, and also, uh, this, is, this is a script that apparently had bounced around for a while because at certain points, both Clive Owen and Jason Statham were attached as the leads of this movie. Interesting. Uh, Did this come out before or after Clive Owen's Inside Man, which is this would have been? Well, this would have come out after Inside Man, and that's another thing. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, though. Inside Man, I because I was watching this movie last night, just going like, I mean, it's okay, but I all I could think of are the forty other better thief movies, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Because it doesn't really lean into the thieves. I mean, it does a little bit, but it's more a taken clone well, than it, it is a bank heist film it starts as a heist movie becomes a taken clone and then the third act becomes a heist movie again like i i wish that there wasn't this like uh i wish that the second act was uh wasn't just a taken clone if this just leaned into the bank heist sort of aspect of the of the story i think it would have been a better film i honestly i agree because i think some of the stealing stuff is the most interesting stuff in the movie yeah yes absolutely the final gold heist is actually pretty clever and something i haven't seen in a movie before yeah that was bonkers i was like are they i was like is there liquid in between is it on a moat and then i was like oh my god they're melting the gold like you can do that (laughs) melt the gold and then it falls into the water to cool it and then they just so they just (laughs) they're just stealing mounds of gold yeah i yeah because my first thought was can you resell melted gold and then i thought well of course you could resell melted gold but i just never yeah i just never thought about doing that no i I was gonna like i've seen countless movies about thieves and heists and i will say that's the biggest point in this movie's favor i've never seen anyone do that in a movie that is yeah 
the the thing I thought at first was that Josh Lucas's character was going to reject it because it wasn't so like shiny and pretty anymore. <laughs> but then I was like, the gold is like Vincent now. Used to be kind of oh. shiny and pretty, and now super oh, grotesque. Wow. Like, wow. how did he lose wow. his leg? Wow. Did he not go to the doctor? Did he get gangrene? <laughs> like, I have so many questions. I have a lot of questions about what happens to Josh Lucas in the eight years that jump here. But let's talk. I think uh, you just completely legitimized this movie in a way that I I was going to say that possible. that like film school uh you know metaphor <laughs> and stuff and image <laughs> symbolism really good probably much better wow. than anyone was thinking making this movie yeah um, maybe but uh so, so I want to talk a little bit about the people who made this movie uh first we have the screenwriter David Guggenheim uh, who uh, gave us named after the museum? I assume. <laughs> yes, yes. His last name is from the museum. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, and you know who his wife is? Hmm. Elizabeth Shue, who is in Leaving Las Vegas with Nicholas Cage. With Nicholas oh. Cage. There you mm -hmm. go. Look at that. Oh. Okay. Uh, That's Davis Guggenheim. Never yes, mind. Yes, that is the the documentary filmmaker. Um, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, who's who's great? Davis Guggenheim is a great documentarian. Mm -hmm. um, but David Guggenheim, uh, the movie he wrote before the actually the same year, both in 2012, he had a much better action movie called Safe House with Denzel Washington and Ryan Reynolds that he also wrote. Do you remember seeing trailers for that movie? Safe so, House is good. That's a totally yeah. decent like, you know, <laughs> it's a Denzel movie. Like there's a certain brand of Denzel Washington thriller. I feel like. Uh, I think he has a little bit more um, clout as far as like he could be a, a little bit pickier than Nicolas Cage. Yes, and his, his movies do. I mean, he makes the next level up. I feel like of the action shelf kind of movies. There's a reason we don't ever yeah. cover Denzel on this show. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, I, I wish we could, but yeah, uh, yeah. And then the Doesn't movie he fit. movie he wrote after this is a TV movie apparently called Exit Strategy. So it's just like a, a slow descent in three films. Well, then basically. he then he comes roaring back with, uh, if anyone remembers, <clears throat> the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix, the Kurt Russell Santa movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, mm -hmm. which I do feel like Lisman is something we might cover come holiday season sometime. Is Kurt, yeah. Kurt Russell is Santa? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, hot daddy Santa. Yeah, hot daddy Santa. Yeah, it's like, yeah, what if Santa was. <laughs> Was hot and cool and kind of badass and plays jazz music. Uh, <laughs> I never saw it. I just remember in the trailer though, he's playing a harmonica and going like, "Yeah," <laughs> and he's going like, "I think Kurt Russell just goes, just take all of my interests and put me in a Santa suit and we'll be fine." It's like Bruce Willis was the first choice, you know. <laughs> yes, <soon> yes. <laughs> during his during his run as Bruno uh, when he put out his album. <laughs> Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess uh, that that's, he's making money off of those cause they keep making those over at Netflix. So, but I really oh. want to talk about director Simon West, uh, who made this movie, uh, because this is a reteaming of Cage and West, West having directed one of Cage's most fun and bonkers movies, Con Air. Hmm. Um, I wish this movie had the energy of a Con Air. Mm -hmm. It definitely. I mean, there's no question that this is a a, a a huge step down in resources and budget. I think that was a much bigger movie. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and that, but the, <laughs> that movie is just so insane. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that was a seventy-five million dollar movie, Con Air. So that's and that. Was yeah, and I think that that speaks to I, that movie is enjoyable 
for reason it it's basically a big budget b movie yeah you know mm-hmm. uh, With be, an uh, amazing cast and, and that that movie is fun because it's it's trying to be fun it's not really going for a seriousness that a lot of these movies do and i right. think that's kind of what gets lost in translation um yeah this movie isn't i don't did you guys have fun watching this movie like obviously it wasn't in part bad per yeah. se but like i would say the f- the first at the, the beginning and the end were the most yeah. at first i was i kind of sitting up like oh this is a movie and then i was like Right. Oh, this is a boring movie. Like, it, it yeah. really like, drags no... in, in, yeah. in the middle in particular, really. Once the daughter's kidnapped and we're all just kind of running around New Orleans. Yes. I also love that this movie takes place and was shot in New Orleans, where I know Nicolas Cage has a house. Sure. And so I feel like he was just like, great, I'll just walk to set. This will be perfect. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you... <laughs> I do feel like we're entering the phase of Nicolas Cage where convenience is a uh, is a big you know uh, selling point. Yeah, selling for, point uh, of what he's of yeah. what movies he's making. Hey, I have a house near there. Yeah, I'll be in this. Um, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. the the actress playing the daughter, you know, was uncompelling. So yeah. it's like yeah, yeah there it's mistakes there. She it's was, unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, and. There are a lot of good actors in this movie, actually, which is uh, mm-hmm. a, another point in its favor. But I do think most of them are completely underused. Mollen Ackerman has nothing to do in this movie at Absolutely all. Absolutely nothing. Uh-uh. Yeah, and she's she, yeah. from Watchmen to this. Yeah, and she, she, I've seen her be really good, and th- she's also very funny in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Which I no, there's really very little humor in this thing, or when it is, it's all pretty kind of lame. Yeah. Uh, oh, the t- two FBI agents we'll talk about are insane characters. Um, yes. So, yeah, let's... Uh, let, well, I mean, uh, jumping right into the start of this movie, when this thing opens with this drunk... Uh, this movie starts in a big, empty street and the mm-hmm. drunk guy walking down the street singing, and I really... For a while, too. And I thought, what, what's going on here? Uh, yeah. And it's... I was like, "Is that Nicholas Cage? Is this a <laughs> And then I was like, That's "Oh no, nope, random dude." No, because the whole thing is that he eventually starts peeing against this building, and then onto the shoe of a FBI SWAT guy who grabs him because this is all part of a a big sting operation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where they are tracking Nicholas Cage and his crew, which are Malin Ackerman, and at this point, a normal-looking Josh Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, Josh Lucas is such a weird choice in this movie to play this part because I sort of think of Josh Lucas as playing real like kind of square jawed salt of the earth guys I mean mm-hmm. I see him as McConaughey light yes I think that's uh, it yeah that's exactly mm-hmm. it. and like he's on Yellowstone playing young Kevin Costner in flashbacks and you're like yeah mm-hmm. that's that kind of makes sense he's like baby Costner you know that right, makes sense. Right, yeah. yeah, but I think McConaughey Light is good. It did sort of feel like he rose up in what was it? What was the didn't he do a rom com where he's like a charming southern guy? Yeah, yeah. He, well, he's in Sweet Home Alabama, That's which has aged terribly because of the Confederacy. Ooh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. People realizing that having Confederate flags as part of your set dressing is a bad That's idea. That's still that era where it's like, oh, the Confederacy just means the South, you know? And you're like, yeah. It's right. like watching Dukes of Hazard now. Where you're like, well, 
get that flag off the car. Uh, <laughs> I can't have fun with this. Um, but uh, yeah. yes, and I but I think that in particular is like one of the first places I saw him, and he's really a McConaughey stand-in in that. But mm-hmm. it's, so it's weird here that he's like, all right, I'm going to be the. He kind of has the cage part in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's way more unhinged than than Cage's. I know. I, I I kept thinking the whole movie, especially as his performance gets wilder, that Cage must have been going. God, I wish I was playing that part. Because I think yeah, if they, if they if they swapped, swapped roles, roles, that would have actually been that would have made this movie a lot better. I think. Yeah, because I mean, not that Josh Lucas is bad, but I just I I was laughing anytime he was on screen later in the movie, just because I'm going this character is so wild compared to the tone of the rest of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Literally monologuing at police officers about his dad, you know, like completely unhinged. When we got to the eight years later, you know, I was clocking it to see like who looked different. I'm like, of course, Nicolas Cage looks the same. Main FBI stalker guy is going for like a a Popeye from French Connection. Look at his hat. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. Malin Ackerman went from blonde to brown. Yeah. And then Josh Lucas, you're like, oh, this guy went for it. Like this guy (laughs) apparently like lost a limb fingers got syphilis at some point like yeah what the hell like, <laughs> yeah it is yeah. it's a classic thing of actors in these movies i feel like sometimes when they go like how many different things can you give me like this movie's not great let's just give me a bunch of stuff to play like a bunch of business yeah. to do um yeah. i feel like that's the kind of actor i am lisman that's about the limit i have as an actor it's like give me a lot of stuff props and wigs and you know that's i mean Having having stuff to play with is, uh, you know, it's really helpful, especially if the script is not giving you well, much. I, I, you have I mean, something else to focus the on. The thing I take away from this movie, and well, the thing I will remember about this movie, is Josh Lucas's performance. So I guess, yeah. uh, and he's yeah. got, yeah, he's not only missing a leg, he's got one of those blade legs. Um, mm-hmm. It's so wild. Uh, but we haven't gotten there yet. Instead, we get, yeah, Nicolas Cage, we establish him and his crew of expert thieves. But we also establish he's a dad because he gets a call from his daughter asking mm-hmm. for a Care Bears or talking about a Care Bears coloring book, which, I mean, is possible, but also feels very dated at the same time. I mean, kids still – is there a current Care Bears thing? Elizabeth, you have a, 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 a younger daughter. There was a revival. There was a revival show with, mm. like, new Care Bears. I don't remember if it was 2012, but mm. – but it, it yeah, just it's, it feels was like a new Care Bears. I know there's going to be a jump, but this isn't 1986. Like uh, it just <laughs> they said Care Bears, and then there's the off-brand Care Bear he has later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I thought was, yeah. Uh, it's like as close to a Care Bear as we can make without getting sued. Basically, is what I thought of that bear. The, the Care Bear definitely smells like gasoline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he did just he only bought it because he happened to see it on his way to yeah. a taxi. This will work. Interesting, Uh, Good enough. Well, this is interesting, though, because the previous time Cage and Simon West worked together, they had a whole subplot about a stuffed animal in Con Air. Who could forget? Put the bunny back in the box. Um, (laughs) And see, that movie's another example, though, of Cage as action hero, but he's so weird with his mullet and Alabama accent in that movie. Like, we've talked about this on the show, Lisman, especially this month of Cage, that... Casting Cage as just the generic action hero is really a waste of him as an actor. It is. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is such a bland... He's not bad in this movie, but he's not 
he, he's just you know he's just hero guy in this movie yeah yeah he's he's definitely underusing what he brings to a if you're gonna cast cage yeah let him be cage because i think you know when elizabeth when you were talking about like his heyday as an action star in the 90s one of the things when i was a kid watching those movies and became upset i was a, I, and i still am a massive cage fan but i became so intrigued by him because he was so different than the other action heroes he was mm -hmm. weird and like you know the uh, and you watch the rock and that character is so strange as an action hero and He's nerdy and strange, and then he's yeah weird southern mullet guy, and and then face off is just two and a half hours of complete insanity from start to finish. Uh, yes. So the, the, yeah, there is this sort of thing where here I'm going like, oh, there's <laughs> there's only one cage cage esque delivery I found in this movie, and it's when he's melting the gold, and Mullen Ackerman's like, we got to get out of here. He goes, no, hold on, I just want to see if I can get more gold. <laughs> it's the only time I was like, there is the cage I love to see on screen. Like, that's the weirdest yeah. choice of how to deliver that line. Um, mm -hmm. Also, something we have to always talk about when we talk about cage movies is his hair. And his hair is weird in this movie. It's, like, long, but it somehow goes out to the side long, not down his he has, back. He has this look a lot, I feel like. Uh, yeah. It, to me, it looks like the mask from Halloween. You know, like oh, it's back and yeah. stiff, but kind of thin, but obviously dyed. It, yeah. It, it's, it's not great. No, he, d yeah, you're right, Lisman. There's sort of a run of movies in this time where this is what his hair looks like. And I yeah. don't know why he settled on this as the right look for him for a while. Um, he just he just wanted long, luscious locks, um, <laughs> even though his hairline was receding. Which, well, the, know, the ever-changing Nicolas Cage hairline is obviously something yeah. we're always paying attention to. I, I I never get a sense of how much or how little hair he has. It's um, hard to say, yeah. It's always yeah. such a crafted look, specifically. That, uh, But, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, he's probably really bald. And other times I'm like, I don't know, actually. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, his hair, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I think he really... Uh, he really, especially thinking about Con Air, like how his hair looked in that movie. Well, that movie. I is, think yeah. maybe he's trying to like recapture that a little bit. You well, know? I don't know if you've heard yeah. any of the interviews from the time when he was going to play Superman. But he talked I was going to bring that up. Yeah, <laughs> he talked about wanting to play Superman with long, super long hair, like a samurai. Because he talked about he saw <laughs> Superman as a lone samurai. And you're like, oh, sure. that, that, that's, that's someone who missed the point of Superman. Yeah, that, would have, that would have been terrible, but also it would have probably pretty interesting to watch at the same time. Exactly. I would have loved to have seen this film. Well, especially because he was going to do it with Tim Burton directing. Oh, my God. That movie would have been nuts. Absolutely. <laughs> I highly recommend if anybody wants to check that out, the um, the documentary, The Death of Superman Lives which is about mm -hmm. what that movie was going to be and talking to a lot of people involved. In and they have a lot of those clips of, of Cage talking about his approach to the character and his Clark Kent was also going to be super weird. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, they're back to the FBI. We have our two main FBI agents, which are Danny Houston and Mark Valley. Um, oh, my gosh. Mar I mean, you talk about feeling like a TV movie. Mark Valley feels very TV to me. 
Yes. Like, he is, like, standard issue, square-jawed, blonde-haired dude. Yeah. You know, he could play a divorced dad, or he could be an army guy. <laughs> yeah. He's a Kendall. He's I'm, Kendall. I'm, I'm looking through here. I want to see, like, he must have some Lifetime or Hallmark Christmas movies, right? He's really got that look. I think uh, he's a little of elevated from that, not to knock Hallmark, who yes. I Yes. No, you're right. Yeah. He's more like a, a lot of network TV shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, a lot of CSI episodes, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. He was uh, on Boston Legal for a while. Boston mm-hmm. Legal. I watched The Human Target. He did the DC Comics character, The Human Target, on TV, which is mm-hmm. kind of... Pre- oh, yeah, he was generic FBI guy on Fringe for a while. Um, oh, nice, yeah. yeah, so yeah, he, oh, yeah. he was on the Flash. Yeah, I mean that, and that's I think that's the level I'm used to seeing him as. So when he shows up in this movie, oh man, he's in Simon West next movie after this too, Gunshy, which we will definitely be talking about, uh, Lisman, because that's a uh, uh, Antonio Banderas movie. Hell oh, yeah, we, we love Antonio Banderas on this show. So, sure um, so I was first introduced to Mark Valley. I didn't really watch it, but I followed it. He was a recast on Days of Our Lives of a oh. very, very popular character, but kind of like a weird, scruffy, gray character. So mm. I just remember thinking, like, this is a real weird recast. Like, they were trying to change the character because he just seems see so, like, here. all American. Yeah, and he, I mean, soap opera also, he does have that vibe to him, too. Like, this this guy mm-hmm. is is handsome, like, End of sentence. Not interesting, just handsome. No, I mean, no, he's a f- okay actor, but he's just, mm-hmm. he doesn't have that next level that makes you like a movie star where it's like, and there's a little bit, some, yeah, there's no danger to this guy. There's no gray area to this guy. Um, he no. does have the the most horrific line in this movie, uh, <laughs> which I could, I, I, I spent the rest of the movie going like, no, I'm sorry, I still can't get past that line. Um which yeah. is uh so anyway they're 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 this is all very once again i'm thinking like oh this is very like not as good heat you know mm-hmm. when they're monitoring the guys and stuff like that here and danny throughout the whole movie i did kept thinking is, is danny houston and mark valley as fbi agents apparently never have any other cases or criminals to catch other than <laughs> nicholas cage no. <laughs> you know and even at the end of the movie he's like finally my job here is done you <laughs> I can finally retire from the force because you <laughs> threw away the gold. It's just, it's just um, why does it love? There, there's no like supervisor. There's no. There, where's the FBI director going? You two gotta let this case go or something like that. No, it's. it's like, it seems like the FBI has signed off on all this. Of course, yeah. Why did Danny Houston like? have this whole love hate relationship and then at the end he's like i'm not gonna send him back to jail like yeah. da, da, da. whereas before he totally wanted to put him back in jail even before the gold was stolen because he was like accessing like secret documents I, and things like they don't he just want to keep it going he missed him while he was in jail and that actually yeah, would have been batman joker relationship yeah. i feel like <laughs> if if by the way the super generic main characters movie if will montgomery uh, which doesn't seem Nicholas Cage doesn't seem like a guy named Will Montgomery. Um, you didn't like his nickname Gom. <laughs> I think only Josh Lucas calls him that. Yes, uh, and I lo- and he keeps. And it took me a second to figure out what he was saying because of Josh Lucas's weird throughout the whole movie. And this is a frequent action shelf thing. I couldn't figure out if he was doing like a Cajun accent. Sometimes it seemed like he was. Sometimes he wasn't. But Who's it, to say? For a while, I thought he was calling him Gump, and I couldn't figure out what the hell he was talking about. 
Uh, that's why uh, subtitles are very helpful. Yes, that's right. Le- yeah, Lisman keeps those subtitles on, and you do catch more of the dialogue than I do. Um, but I will also say, speaking of, like, I mean, we mentioned Danny Houston really slumming it in this thing. He's oh, a very yeah. good actor. <laughs> yeah, and playing. he's not bringing a whole lot to this film. Uh, uh, no, because, I mean, he is playing generic FBI agent in this. Yes. You know, but this yes. is a guy who's in like Scorsese movies and you know, he's he's a real deal actor. He's part of the Houston, you know, he's John Houston's son. Like uh mm-hmm. and Angelica Houston's brother and like he's part of a legacy of actors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. he got to stay in Nicolas Cage's house <laughs> and he was like, "I'm going to take you to all the best spots and we're just going to have a blast and you can wear a hat." I I feel like the hat was his idea. I really feel like that's <laughs> Because he wears it in one scene, and then when he keeps wearing it, I'm like, oh, he's just going to wear this the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. really going to. That's that's the look he has to show that time has changed. I do love that yeah. idea of, like, I can't believe no one has a mustache. I was waiting for the classic, a mustache to indicate time has changed. That's true, actually. Or yeah, the lack so of a strange. mustache. Another classic move would be to have Nicolas Cage have a mustache in the beginning and then not mm-hmm. or uh, mm-hmm. or a crazy one of my favorites of those ever is the fugitive where harrison ford has an insane beard that that character wouldn't have just so he can shave it when he goes on the run but yeah. i'm right. like yeah. oh harrison ford wouldn't have like a mountain man beard as successful surgeon richard kimball uh yeah. but it's just yeah. no no we gotta we gotta have something for him to take off the Fugitive also seems like a good comparison to this film. Yeah. Did you get the impression that the relationship between uh, Nicolas Cage and the FBI agent was very similar to Tommy Lee Jones? The but but it, but missing that as we were talking about missing the key turn at the end where you understand why he suddenly backs the guy he's been chasing. Because right. like because where where in this movie does that change happen? Because obviously can't... at some point he begrudgingly looks into whether or not the daughter is kidnapped. Well, and they figure out that Josh Lucas is alive because so much of their reasoning for not believing Nicolas Cage is, no, we know this guy died. And then he finds out Josh Lucas is alive, but he still seems to be trying to arrest Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yes, And then, yeah, I can't, it doesn't seem like, it seems like it comes out of nowhere just when he lands with that helicopter and sees that he's been shot and he's like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I've there needs to be that on-screen moment where you see that change happen yeah. in the actors. It, it's, it's, it, it's a key moment in The Fugitive. It's the whole turn of that relationship and one of the reasons that movie is such a classic. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is, like, he just wanted someone to be punished and Vincent dies, <laughs> presumably. So it's oh, like, yeah, until stolen too. punished, <laughs> so I'm cool now. Uh, it takes a lot for Vincent to die, and we'll talk about that. This is a bad guy who keeps coming back again and again. Uh, Jason. Yeah. The other movie I thought about a lot watching this is another Nicolas Cage movie, which is Gone in 60 Seconds, which has a very similar plot to this movie, where Nicolas Cage is the world's greatest car thief who gave it all up, and then his brother is kidnapped by a mob boss, and he's forced to go back and steal cars again. And he has Delroy Lindo in that movie, who is the cop who's like, I always said, if you ever came back to this, I'd put you in jail. And so, it, but the, the thing is, it's more exciting because they're stealing cars in that movie. So there's lots of car mm-hmm. chases and uh, right. and stuff like that. And that movie also does a better job 
of having Delroy Lindo figure out, wait a minute, he's doing this to save his brother, and he's actually not a bad guy, and he lets him go at the end. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, this this movie is far from original, is mm. what we're saying. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of this movie, the whole thing is they're going to break into a diamond exchange, but it's a fake out. They're not really breaking into the diamond exchange. They're breaking through the diamond exchange to get to a they bank. Don't- no, it's they just, don't go in. They don't even go into the diamond exchange. They go through the toy store. Yeah, I don't know how that connects to the bank that's on a different block. They don't. I, I, totally okay, this is that. yeah. This is what I was gonna say. Is I was confused by the geography of this whole sequence here, the, and, and how exactly they have faked out the FBI. I would assume there's a maintenance tunnel or something that runs something. between the two. But yeah, for for me, there was no tension there because they were like making a point to show like a door in the behind them with a little square window and them with a door with a square window. And I was just like, nope, wrong door. That's when I was immediately like, ah, this movie has money, but it's not going to surprise me because I felt (laughs) like I could call every single point. Yes. Yeah. And, And there's literally shots where they're flashing like their flashlights over the windows of the door and then it immediately cuts to inside and there's no like light coming in like well, mm-hmm. obviously it's a different building they're not yeah no the, the this movie never tries to like excel past the the standard formula in any way it never tries to do well here's our turn on what you expect it's all just like because yeah, I think the the my my biggest overall note about the movies is just so generic and stock. It's not yeah. It's not terrible. It's just oh man, there are so many better movies that cover this same ground. Whether that be yeah. a Taken or a Heat or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the only surprise for me is that he didn't really have the ten million squirreled around somewhere. I actually that was did. The only surprise. I actually mm-hmm. did like that. Yeah, that's another thing mm-hmm. I did like it well and this also threw me when you talk about that because when they get into this bank vault they make a point of showing the gold but right. then when they're running out they have cash and i got thrown i didn't realize they were setting up the gold i also love that the gold has not moved of course in in eight years or anything it's, it's no, still in the exact same place and the exact same amount of gold um, like dusted once a month apparently <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> somebody comes in and goes oh good the gold's still here <laughs> um yeah uh but i did think because yeah because we get this whole chase then uh with nicholas cage doing a i'm carrying a heavy bag running acting mm, love it good it's like when people drink a uh, empty cup and you can tell it's <laughs> empty you know mm-hmm. glug, 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 glug. um yeah exactly uh and so, <laughs> uh oh yeah i forgot uh uh, I th- this movie does have a handful of one-liners, um, and what the first one is from Josh Lucas, who goes, uh, "They're like, you got to hurry up." Uh, oh no, wait! It's when they're arguing about whether or not to kill the old janitor, which mm-hmm. is a whole point here at the beginning, where Josh Lucas is like, "We got to kill this janitor." And Nicholas Cage is like, <laughs> he says a weird wording, just coming from a screenplay. And he goes, "Hey, no homicides." uh homicides is an interesting (laughs) word to use there um Mm -hmm. but uh josh lucas says i've been to prison didn't like it in fact i fucking hated it (laughs) (laughs) so bad and then nicholas cage shoots josh lucas in the leg to keep him from shooting this old janitor yeah yeah Uh, um 
So but also the FBI already know already knew who was doing it. This janitor, it doesn't care matter they it's true. They were they know who's doing well, it. Well, clearly they'd already screwed up bad before because they've already got like a, a, their listening device on them and stuff like that. They're already <laughs> way on to this crew before the movie even yep. starts. Um so yeah, they and they were I mean that, the other thing too that's that's stupid about the FBI here is just let them escape. You you're already on their van. Just follow them to where they're going and then arrest them there. I don't understand why you're chasing. I will say these FBI agents are two of the worst cops we've seen in any movie, Lisman. I mean, yeah, they're up there. Uh, absolutely atrocious detective work from start to finish in this movie. <laughs> really, really bad stuff. Um, I couldn't yeah. believe how dumb these guys were. <laughs> So it leads to Malin Ackerman they and, and Josh Lucas drive off without Nicolas Cage. So he has to steal a cop. I do like he's like, hey, we're not going to hurt anybody. And then he just beats the shit out of this cop. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but then later he sees the pictures of the guy. And he feels with his bad the about it. And you're like, yeah. oh, I hope he's okay. I hope he didn't break his nose or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do, yeah, they, I mean, this movie does this classic movie thing where it's like, Nicolas Cage is a criminal. We're going to keep telling you he's not a bad guy, though. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Look, he knows, oh, the guy, he feels bad that he hit him. Because he takes this car yeah. and it leads to this, I think, pretty decent. We've seen so many bad car chases in these movies. Yeah. Go, this is pretty decent, this chase around this parking garage. It's all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. once again, there's, we've... There's some stunts in here. Yeah, well, there's some jumps. And I think I think Simon West does know how to direct action. You know, we, we've uh-huh. seen that and because um, I said he directed Con Air, but also Lisman, uh, we talked about he directed the first Lara Croft Tomb Raider movie. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he directed The Expendables 2 and The Mechanic. Yeah, I, I don't Jason think Man. he's the problem with this film. I, no, I don't think Simon West I, is the I problem. think a lot of what we're talking about, about this feeling more like a movie, is a lot of it is his direction. It, he's directing yeah. it like it's a movie. Like, it, it, it mm-hmm. does feel like he is doing what he can with $35 million. Um, right, and mm-hmm. with this script. I think... I think the script is, as always, the main issue. It's always that we've, I mean, it's it's an old adage. We're far from the first people who talk about movies to talk about this. But, man, if you don't have that script, that is just mm-hmm. a cancer in the center of the movie, for sure. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, It, it makes me wonder where Nicolas Cage was in his career if somebody was telling him to play it safe. You yeah. know, they're like, you're, you're going down and it's because you're so weird. What yeah. you need to do is just play a safe movie with a safe script and America will love you again. And instead of it's like they fundamentally misunderstood what people love about Nicolas Cage. Exactly. I want to, yeah. What did he do before this? That was, uh, cause he does have a, let's see, this is 2012. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm starting to see the problems. Uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Do you guys remember that? That was meant to I be do, yeah. a big starter of a Disney franchise for him that bombed. And then literally mm. the movie before this is Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. The second <laughs> Ghost Rider movie. Talk uh, about weird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think th- so I think I think you're you're right on to something there, Elizabeth. Except for the problem is once again, th- this is not what people want to see him do though. When you talk about playing it safe as Nicolas Cage, not this. <laughs> this yeah. mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. surprised this isn't Jason Statham, you know, like because uh, this does feel although even this is this script is worse than most Statham, but I'm just bringing this up because Simon West has directed several Jason Statham movies as well. Okay. Uh, so, 
But, uh, and I don't think he would have been any better or worse in this thing. It's just so, this character is nothing. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot of pretty mediocre movies in uh, Cage's career leading up to this. I mean, okay. some of some of the some of the big hits: Bangkok Dangerous, oh, yeah. Knowing, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Drive Angry, Season of the Witch. Like, these are some. These are very <laughs> forgettable people... movies. You know, you have your occasional yeah. highlights like Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, or Kick Ass. Um, that movie where he is <laughs> Bad Lieutenant Two. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, but those—that's like that's that's what you want to see when you go to a cage movie. But then, right. yeah, in between, yeah, uh, Trespass is completely forgettable. Um, yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah, he. You know, there's no question. Yeah, Bangkok Dangerous is so forgettable. Um, and yeah. even that title, we used to make fun of that title. I remember listening where we talked about like, oh yeah, it's like they sat around and just went like, well, where's it set? Bangkok. What's the general feeling of it? I don't know. It's kind of dangerous. Boom! There you go, Bangkok Danger. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, and he's got real crazy hair in that one. He's got a full-on mullet in that movie. Um, yes, yes. This is this hair is tame compared to that film for sure. Yeah. So we see Cage ditch the money. We'll later find out that yeah, he straight up burned it. Didn't hide it anywhere. Everybody thinks mm-hmm. he did. Which, I mean, that is the logical decision. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you would literally get more jail time if you were found with the money it makes sense that i'm you would. going um, to give the writers the benefit of the doubt that they researched that but that is dangerous on this show to assume that right yeah better if you gave the money back not if you destroyed it then you're like a double dick that's kind of true actually yeah well uh, the bank's probably insured so i'm not all I'm right not yeah about it. yeah i guess yeah but um no so then we get the weird, uh, maybe the weirdest one-liner in the movie, which is Danny Houston arresting him, and he's and as he's cuffing him, he goes, "My wedding day, the birth of my twins. Now this, talking about highlights. You need these guys you, have a weird sexual fixation. They on do. Mm-hmm. Cage. They're either they're picturing him enduring sexual violence, or they're comparing oh. their interactions with him to yeah, yeah." It is, yeah, the the idea that this is on the level of marrying my wife or the birth of my children is arresting Nicolas Cage. And then actually... You have other cases, my dude. The thing that's crazy is after he's captured his arch nemesis, that's when his wife divorces him. Mm Mm-hmm. And and even, because they talk about, yeah, we got divorced. And uh, and Cage goes, what happened? He's like, you know what happened. It's like, well, wait, no, you already captured the guy you're obsessed with. If anything, I would think your marriage would be better after that. No, apparently, I mean, I think he probably got depressed going like, I can't chase Nicolas Cage anymore. And his Mm -hmm. wife was like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage this and Nicolas Cage that. Why don't you fucking marry him? Yeah. He's like I trying would. his name, Mr. <laughs> Nicholas Cage, mm-hmm. you know. He's checking every day to see if he escaped from prison so he can hunt him down again. Like <laughs> I don't know what to do with my life if this guy's not stealing stuff and I'm chasing him. And that's actually an interesting way to write a character if you really wanted to make the movie about that. Um because yeah. that's a little bit once again, go just just watch Heat. That's the whole thing in that movie. It's not specifically one person, but like Pacino is the whole line about all I am is who I'm going after, you know. And you're like, yeah, that. But that's a movie. That's a smart movie that actually has things to say about law enforcement. Um, yeah. Uh, he, so yeah. So Cage gets caught. We go to eight, eight years later. Cage is getting out of jail. And yeah, right away, Mark Valley and Danny Houston are on him. And 
I, I, I had to back it up to make sure he said this. Because, yeah, when Mark Vallis goes, how was prison? Hope you got raped every day. Yeah. What? Well, and also, I don't... It's, I mean, Nicolas Cage stole stuff. He didn't murder people. Like, the idea that I wish yeah. se numerous sexual assaults on a man who never hurt anyone and just stole some money. But in Mark Valley's mind, he is the scum of the earth, the absolute, oh, he deserves the worst punishment in the world for this. Mm -hmm. I just thought, yeah. a completely out of control line. Pretty, yeah, pretty unnecessary for sure. That really made uh, me go, oh, I the hate character doesn't like, uh, the movie doesn't lean into that character being unhinged in any mm -hmm. way, you know, that's, no, in, the, in this movie's mind, that's a perfectly reasonable thing for a police officer that's just, to say. That's just how cops and criminals talk, man. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, throughout the rest of the movie, I just kept going, I'm not going to forget that you said that, Mark Valley. Anything else you do in the movie, I am. I, that's like, that's a perfect example where if you're Simon West directing the movie, you'd be like, I would be like, cut that, man. That's going to make, that's going to destroy this character. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just passes as like banter, though. That is the weirdest thing about yeah. it. Nicolas Cage isn't like, hey, whoa. Like, or even, <laughs> even I would have even down. taken Danny Houston to go, like, all right, come on. You know, like, yeah, uh, yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. no. It yeah. reminds me of a line in Roadhouse from a villain where he's something like, I rape people like you in prison or something. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that's yeah. a bad guy line. That's not a good guy line. <laughs> it's true. It is. Listen, we gotta find a well. Maybe we'll do it as a bonus. We gotta do a Roadhouse episode or something because that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get a little because that <laughs> that is that is like a all timer of an action shelf classic. Oh yeah, like yeah, classic. That, that classic. is that is pure B movie gold. Uh, mm -hmm. So immediately they're like, "All right, you're out of prison now. Where'd that money go, pal?" They never did. They come to the prison and ask him this at any point or. In the trial, you know, maybe they Explore could. Or the building? Yeah. Where he was? Like, yeah. what? Well, I also thought, like, you talk about uh, giving the money back. You would think maybe during the trial or something, they would go, like, all right, we'll knock years off of your sentence if you tell us where that money is or something. Mm -hmm. It seems like he got arrested. They never talked to him. And now, eight years later, as he's out of prison, they go, all right, we want to know where the money is. <laughs> uh... They're also trying to egg him on into, like, stealing again so they can rest him again you know which is very Come on, strange man we got to get our old dynamic going you've been out of prison for 20 minutes let's go i had to remind myself oh right these are the police officers from the beginning you know because uh -huh. they're very very keen on getting him back into crime they really you know? are they just want to chase they these guys have been so bored for eight years and i they, the movie doesn't do a good job of telling me like why Nicolas Cage are they obsessed with? Like, he seems like a perfectly competent thief, but he doesn't seem like this master genius thief or anything that would be like, we've devoted our careers to catching this man. They do kind of imply that, though. Yeah. Not, it doesn't come from his dialogue or, or his performance, but they have several implications of, like, him being America's greatest thief, bank thief, you know. <laughs> Somebody calls him a criminal mastermind at one point. Yeah, the movie you know? doesn't. Yeah, the, you're right. There's people who talk about him that way, but the movie never makes me feel in his characterization that is who no. he is. I've seen we've seen so many like great thieves in movies, and they all really <laughs> this guy is just like, eh, I don't know. He seems okay at stealing. 
Yeah, it, he could if he was as eccentric as Nick Cage could make him. That might be, there might well, be something. I to think it that's now. key. Is this is a pretty apathetic Nick Cage? He's not bad in the movie, but he, he he's not bringing his A game to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. We need to see him in a velvet tuxedo, and he needs to be singing Credence Clearwater yeah. to amp himself up before he goes and does this. Yes, like, or exactly. like listening to it while like dodging lasers or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, where's that kind of thing where he's doing like a Rubik's Cube and you get the sense, no, he's this genius and his mind is moving a million... I mean, like, once again, going back to Gone in 60 Seconds, there's like a whole thing where they they make a big point of he goes and gets his old jacket out and his car lockpick kit and stuff, and they make a point about, like, I'm returning to an art that I did years ago. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. This movie... Well, this movie's so lean, too. Like, the thing is, it never... It never takes its time to give you kind of put any weight or importance on anything. It's all just mm-hmm. it's so plot ahead kind of movie that there's not a lot of we get. I mean, we get a little. Uh, Nicholas Cage does have a one liner here to uh, Danny Houston where he says, "I'm not the squirrel playing with his nuts here." Ow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is also where they tell him that Josh Lucas is dead. And we're all going, of course, uh-huh, sure he is. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he does go and has lunch with his daughter where he has brought notes about what he wants to say to her. Because he's so <laughs> nervous. Yeah. He, yeah. That, and she wants nothing to do with him, my criminal dad. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was like doing the math, and it seems like she lives alone. Doesn't she say her mother has moved away with her new husband? So she's like fourteen and like <laughs> living at home by herself. Like what? Yeah, that wasn't very clear. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, they're they're they they're just elsewhere. It's not clear if they're permanently elsewhere or mm-hmm. on an extended vacation. But yeah, there's this whole thing about ever since she got remarried, she's like in Europe or something like that. And yeah. Because it is weird when he goes to her house and she just answers the door by herself. And later, Nicolas Cage even says, I went by Allison's house. Not my ex-wife's house. Specifically, (laughs) my teenage daughter's house. She's a property owner. Yeah. uh, Sammy Gale is who plays Allison in this movie. Um, And... uh, in classic action shell fashion, Lisman, she's like a Broadway person, like a well-respected oh, yeah. musical theater oh. actor. Um, she has nothing to do in this movie, of course. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I, I mean, she's pretty forgettable in the movie, but I can't really say that it's a. It's much of a, a thing to gauge her acting ability. She is. Uh, right. She is on the Tom Selleck TV series Blue Bloods. Okay. Um, you know, every, everybody's got to be on something. But yeah, that's that's a good gig. I mean, she's done 213 episodes of that, so that's been on forever. Wow. Yeah, that's a sh- that's one of those shows that's been on forever and no one watches it. Totally. <laughs> how, how much more interesting would this movie have been if they had made her mother a character in the movie and had her play by Marisa Tomei? Oh, you know, like infinitely. just bring in some mama bear sort of like because her daughter's kidnapped and he never lets the mom know. <laughs> Like, no, as she's... a mom, I was very much like, um, excuse me, you should be communicating with your co-parent about this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's not even an attempt to, or, because, I mean, the other option would have been to be like, I can't get a hold of her or something. And you would think this just this girl who's indication been, that she exists. This you know? girl who's been like... totally abandoned by her mother, you would think would actually cling to Nicolas Cage in some way, not reject him. 
Um, right. Th- yeah, no, there's no sense of any actual psychology of human beings in this movie at all. No. I did throughout the whole movie keep wondering about her mother and whether or not she would play any kind of role. No, it is. It's just like a one-off. Oh, she and the stepfather are elsewhere. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. It's all on Nicolas Cage now. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like the fact that Nicolas Cage, is a, this girl could have been kidnapped or you know, burglarized at or shot yeah. at any point and no one would have known because she has no parent. <laughs> like, what? what is worse? Because she's mad at her dad for being a criminal and going to prison. Yeah. And they even reference, like, abandonment issues. Yeah. But there's no reference to the mother who had a choice as to whether or not to abandon her child. Right, and right. And did, yeah. which is very strange, that they didn't even bring that up as like a like a counterpoint to no. Nicolas Cage's ass. Yeah, was she yeah. like, you remind me of your father, or you tie me to your father, like, I can't move yeah. on with you. Like, any yeah. anything would have been a little oh. more interesting. Oh, yeah, well, that I mean, no, that's, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about how lean this is. The movie has no interest in any of these characters beyond how they fit into this specific plot. There is no... It's like the FBI guys having no life aside from chasing Nicolas Cage. Everybody is just here to act out the events of Stolen. They don't feel like it's, real people in any way. Yeah, it's it's something we see in just about every single one of these yeah. movies, I think. There's no uh, sense of the world outside of the plot. I have a daughter, but it's only so she can be kidnapped to further the plot. Like, it's that kind exactly. of stuff. I have a wife, yeah. but only so she can be murdered to drive my vengeance right yeah. exactly yeah, yeah side characters are just here to further aid the plot uh um, the puppy and john wick had more characterization than 100%. like 85 percent of the characters here a hundred percent that puppy had yes. actual meaning from a character standpoint <laughs> like, mm-hmm. i mean it's, it, it actually watching all these movies you're talking about john wick that movie you realize how good that movie is with a with once again going through a very generic like revenge plot but it's do- mm-hmm. it's doing it in a smart, clever, detailed way. Here, yeah. you're just going yeah. like, I don't know. It's just Nicolas Cage yeah. is going to run around now. Um, All it it just takes time for like it t- leaves time in the film for character moments. You know, yeah. that's it. yeah. And we know it's trouble because we see her get into an ominous cab after she walks away from Nicolas Cage. Ooh, mm-hmm. ominous cab. Ooh, yeah. And that also felt dated to me because I didn't realize when this was made. And it's hard to tell when looking at Nicolas Cage because he kind of looks the same. Yeah. But I was like, why is she getting in a cab? Why isn't she like in a Lyft or an Uber? Which would be more interesting because there's those tales of people getting into cars not realizing it's not their Uber. <laughs> One of mm-hmm. the funniest things that I did laugh out loud at is that Josh Lucas legitimately works for the cab company. Yeah. <laughs> That really made me. Laugh. I just assumed he stole the cab, right? Like, of course, what? no, that would fact, make sense. No, the fact that a key plot point is they're able to track him because he's actually a registered cab driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that really that's got, really got with a prosthetic leg. Yeah, yeah, what stands Odd. out? It, you, yeah, th- no, the plot would actually be so much easier in a world with uh, Uber or Lyft or something because he could just be anybody doing that. Then it wouldn't, mm-hmm. it really wouldn't matter. Um, but no, <laughs> that really. But yeah, so she gets in the ominous cab. We don't find out yet that Josh Lucas is the cab driver because Nicolas Cage has got to go back to Malin Ackerman. Even this is from Gone in sixty seconds, except it's Angelina Jolie in that movie, and she has put her criminal career aside to ten bar in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. 
but uh, but we we see her and we have this cop who's checking her out and she gets a one liner when she says thanks for the visual massage. Ugh, yeah. 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 All the cops are creepy. Yeah. The the well cuz and and the whole thing he goes you're running a cop bar and she's specifically running a cop bar to keep herself out of crime she says. As as if she has like a compulsion maybe to yeah. like to steal things. Yeah. Uh, but they don't really play into that either. Oh no, because so. she is not a character at all. I have no yeah. idea what this woman's wants or interests or drive at all is. Um yeah. I was yeah. real bummed because I do like Malin Ackerman as an actress, and she is just yeah. here to be his hot co thief. And yes. maybe love interest the movie doesn't commit there. They, they don't even don't. remember that bone. Like, yeah. there's no tension between them. They're but like work colleagues. They're work colleagues, but then at the end of the movie, they're presented in this sort of family unit with the daughter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going, mm-hmm. wait a minute, what is this relationship? <laughs> I don't know why they didn't... I mean, the easiest thing would have been to make Malin Ackerman the mother, right? That would have solidified if they had been thieves who had... Although then... But then she got... I, you could have worked... You would have to do some rewriting here and there. But at least that would give her more investment in the plot in some way. Mm-hmm. and Because then it would be the two of them trying to get the daughter back, right. not just mm-hmm. Cage. And, the te- yeah. and, then, and there'd be tension in that they were exes. That, that would give some kind of weight to their relationship, which is just non-existent. Uh, or what if she made the decision to leave Nicolas Cage because... She had she didn't want to, but she had to to save herself. Yeah, you know what I mean. So there's some tension. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So at least yeah. at, not both of her parents went to prison because the whole thing here we find out is once again what a good guy Nicholas Cage is. Because Molly and I was like, "Hey, thanks for not ratting Josh Lucas and I out." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and also the creepy old guy who was point. Yes. Uh, also, yeah, I forget we forgot about him from the beginning. Uh, that's M. C. Ganey, who's also in Con Air. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He plays the guy flying the plane in Con Air. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, the, boy, it doesn't feel like Con Air reunion, but it kind of is. Um, yeah. So yeah. So she's she's happy that uh, that you know whatever she's cleaned up her life, but it doesn't matter because Ring Ring is the phone in a pouch like an Amazon delivery pouch that he got handed at some point. Uh, it, it was delivered to his daughter's residence, mm. uh, and then the daughter handed it to him. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. that's weird. Uh, so it's just yeah, like, once it is again, weird. We're, we're <laughs> my favorite bit of acting from Nicolas Cage is when the phone is ringing in the pouch. He holds it up to his ear. The that just without he's like, huh? Hello? Yeah. What? And it, <laughs> I mean, and the other thing though, it takes him a while to be like, let me open this. <laughs> a phone, a BlackBerry specifically. You want to talk about dating the movie? Mm-hmm. When out comes the BlackBerry with the keyboard on it and stuff, I'm like, oh man, it is 2012. Uh, <laughs> although I think this was even getting phased out in 2012, wasn't it? it For sure, was. yeah. yeah. I feel like I had that. an iPhone by then and stuff. Um, yeah. So, what, what year did uh, the first John Wick movie can't come out in? That was like 2013, maybe. 13? Yeah, and he had an iPhone. He actually had the iPhone 13, that I 14, currently somewhere. have. Yeah, that's right, because uh, Lisbon's like eight generations back on an iPhone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It that's is, not uh, exaggeration. Uh, no, it's 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 uh, it, it's very humorous when you bust that phone out. Um, and it's just this tiny little, hello? 
Uh, I mean, at a certain point, can you update anything on that thing, Wilson? It still works. Wow. I don't know how. I can't believe that. That's amazing. Because I know at a certain point, they just, like, the apps and stuff just won't update. Um, But, uh, so let's see. Yeah. Uh, So he gets the phone. It's crazy Josh Lucas. Now, let's talk about Josh Lucas's full look here. Because he's got, oh, my God, he found this wig in a prop trailer somewhere and fell in love, obviously. (laughs) For me, it was the band-aids on his face yes. that I was just like, what is it? Is this syphilis? Is this, like, bad acne? Like, I don't know, but I... just get in bar fights a lot? I like, love that disgusting. his cab driver license photo, he still has that same band-aid from who knows yeah. how long ago. <laughs> it's more of a stylistic choice than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so he's got he's got this long, stringy, blonde hair. And, mm-hmm. yeah, the band-aid on his face. He's got sort of, like... A half-grown-in goatee, a big old neck tattoo that comes up out of. I'm looking at a picture of him from the movie. It comes up off of his chest and wraps around his neck. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he's missing three fingers and a leg. Oh my god! And then the best is when he later, uh, a, a couple scenes in, puts on the crazy yellow sunglasses on top of this whole look. That really completes it to me. Yes, definitely. And, oh, uh, if anyone's having fun in this movie, it's him, man. He is having oh, the definitely. time of his life in this film. Uh, and no one reined him in, obviously. It's very clear they told him, whatever, man. I don't, yeah. Yeah. He kind of looks like, did you see that thing that Macaulay Culkin did where he was pretending to be a, a cab driver version of, of Kevin yes, McAllister? It does look super, like super like, tweaked out and traumatized. Yes. It's like a real ugly version of that. It does kind of have that vibe to it. And it's just, once again, for this movie that's this pretty generic kind of standard action thriller, it's such a silly thing to throw in the center of this movie. It's so outrageous and eccentric. Yeah, yeah. I wish once the again, whole movie had this energy. Exactly. It's just like uh, Arsenal where Nick Cage was the villain and he was so, so silly. And the and rest of the movie was the rest so of the movie bland. Was so and... boring. Yeah. yeah. Just no, lean I... into it. Lean into the outrageous. Well, once again, that's the great thing about Con Air is everybody is giving the same level of insane performance in that movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And the thing about his character is it seems like most of his vendetta is kind of similar to the fbi's like it's unrequited love in a yes. way this like resentment that he didn't mm-hmm. get what he wanted from nicholas cage or this betrayal yeah because mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 ostensibly about the money but it's also really not mm-hmm. uh because yeah. there is the point at the end of the movie where he gets the money and he... <laughs> i guess we'll talk about it later but i love the way josh Lucas is like well i i didn't really want you to actually get the ah, like <laughs> that's you know uh so yeah so he goes uh he's he's, nicholas cage is like well i don't have the money it's like wait 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 okay maybe i do but i'm gonna need 24 hours to get it and josh lucas like you have 12 and then the craziest part of his plan josh lucas is the way i'm going to stay hidden is by just circling new orleans in this cab with the daughter in the back yeah he, f- he foam insulates the trunk yes. and puts glow-in-the-dark stars in it. That's weird. Yeah, I was that... wondering why. Is it like, did he think it'd be like, oh, this will be this be nice. It'll be comfy, you know, like a like a room. 
It's like which, how you'd prepare a room for a little kid. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? What else would have been nice from the screenplay if he had had some kind of relationship with the daughter somehow, Josh Lucas? Like, he does say like we met, but you don't remember it because you were too young or something. Yeah, and you go like, great. Well, that then that's the end of any kind of drama between them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They they are not able to have a conversation because they know each other. You know. Yeah, because there could be dramatic tension, and I am the best friend. I was the best friend of your dad who betrayed Mm -hmm. me in some way. Also, Mm -hmm. she she didn't seem like she was that young eight years ago. That she, oh, you'd never remember me. Like, she was calling him on the phone and talking about coloring books. You'd think she might remember Josh Lucas. Maybe Nicolas Cage didn't invite him over for barbecues and things like that. That's just another thing, He another part of his grudge against him. Well, that's mm. another weird thing about this character is Nicolas Cage keeps going like, what happened to you, man? You've changed. You're, you, you're, but it's like, I don't know. You seem kind of unhinged back then, too. He was ready to murder a janitor yeah. for no reason. So, so this whole yeah. idea about like he's been driven crazy in the eight years, the movie doesn't also do a very. It's just it. The script is just lazy. Yeah, across yeah. the board with all of this kind of stuff. Um, but this does start the, I don't know, four to five completely insane monologues that Josh Lucas has in this movie. Because mm-hmm. when he yes. is just driving through Mardi Gras traffic and mumbling insults about the people. <laughs> Oh, that is wild stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I can't tell if this stuff is improvised or... Uh, I, I was don't. just about to ask, yeah. yeah. I, I wish there was some way to know. Um, I don't, yeah, I, was, I don't see anything in the... Uh, oh, that's interesting. Okay, I'm just, as I was looking for uh, for the, the info about whether or not this is improvised, I do see Josh Lucas, uh, by the way, is the star of one of the other movies called Stolen, this one. Oh, wow. <laughs> That'll be a better one, right? Josh Lucas was also in 2009's Stolen. <laughs> he had to think that was weird, right? That he's like, huh, another? Probably. You bring me another Stolen? Ooh. Oh, listen, we might have to do this. Josh Lucas, John Hamm, Stolen. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I'm interested. Yeah. I did read that the original name for this version of Stolen was Medallion, which must, which is like his taxi medallion yeah i think so. my guess is they thought that would confuse people it sounds kind of like a fantasy kind of like medallion even though yeah it makes the thing to the also the cab stuff is not as front and center in the plot um, yeah but i could see that that was what it was called at some point yeah no matter what it was going to be some one generic word right uh mm-hmm. right of course yeah it's this one uh, word... I just... what was it this one i just wish i I just wish that like whether or not the money existed still that was completely thrown away. Yeah. And Josh Lucas is like, I need you to steal something for me. If we had just set that up your skills as a bank, like as a bank robber and, and steal this for me to get your daughter back instead of this. Just, and this is where I stopped the plot. Yeah. I was trying to pay attention because I knew I had to talk about this on a podcast, but like <laughs> it was so difficult at this point to to keep staring at the screen. Um, it, so yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that in the quote section 
of IMDb for this movie. There are just three separate Vincent lines under one, you know, uh, one of the the sections here that don't have any mm-hmm. connection to each other. But <laughs> I just want to read just to give you a sense of how Vincent talks in this movie. Here, yeah. here, here are just three random lines he says in the movie. I was a golden boy. Now I'm a freaking Picasso. Uh, the, the only thing that had the balls to come to New Orleans was the hurricane. Uh, and then finally, you destroyed the only thing I ever loved. Me! What is any of this an indication of? Like uh, these are all what, just insane, crazy bad guy lines, right? Like uh, yeah, <laughs> like we're not getting any indication of what drives this man. Oh no, because because uh, once we're into the present day stuff, he is just a nameless psychopath, right? Like he has now. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it, it, even his revenge against Nicolas Cage is. It's it's weird because it doesn't present as revenge. It presents as I want the money. Then it becomes revenge. I agree, Lisman. I think the the biggest thing would be to accept the loss of the money instantly and say, well, then you need to steal that money. And then that would have given the movie a clear goal and trajectory. Or it's his, it's uh, Vincent's idea to steal the gold bars since they made such a point of him yeah. staring at it at the beginning of the film. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't have the money? Go back there and get that get those gold bars and it will be more difficult because you've literally were arrested stealing from this bank so of course they would have upped security or something the movie is missing one of the key things of a heist movie which is the planning of the heist there's a yeah. tiny bit of it but it the the last heist comes together so fast it has they're to doing it yeah because there's only 20 minutes left of the film at that yeah, point i did think the second he goes all right i gotta steal the money i did look at the thing go yeah we have exactly a half hour left in this movie like we have, <laughs> we have exactly started act three at the point he decides that the movie's pretty yeah the daughter gets kidnapped 30 minutes in and the last heist starts with 30 minutes left it's like this thing is just carved up three acts 30 minutes 30 minutes 30 minutes for your 90 minute movie Yes, uh, it's really yeah. it's really economical stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, I was wondering if that's the only reason Malin Ackerman was in the end of it, so they could. Because I was like, where did he get all this equipment? And then I was like, well, she must have gotten it for him. Like that's why he called her because he needed some stuff. Well, I, also, I didn't like, even think about that, but yeah, that's. I also what like happened. her whole thing too, where she's like, "No, I'm done with stealing." He's like, "Come on," she goes, "Okay." Like it's so <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, so Cage, his big plan is to make it seem like he's on his way to Tuscaloosa. So we, we get this scene with an annoyed cell phone saleswoman. I need this phone. And she's like, I'll be with you in a minute, sir. Here, just take the money. I need the phone now. And I was like, doesn't that phone need to be charged? It's not just going to work. Needs like, to be what? charged. I mean, I don't, it's like a mall. Th- it doesn't, it's not a prepaid phone, I don't think, is it? It looks like, like you got to get a plan for it and stuff, I think. One of those kind of. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Because what, what he should go to is like a convenience store and get like a burner phone or something like that, you know. Uh, that his, would make more sense. His you big are right, John. Is, yeah. His big move is he puts his his old phone on a train to Tuscaloosa and then forwards the calls to this new phone so that mm-hmm. it seems like if anyone's tracking him he's going to Tuscaloosa right that doesn't really come into play that much though 
Yeah, it distracts Vincent or Josh Lucas for a bit, but yeah. it doesn't take long for him to figure out what's going on. And uh, yeah, meanwhile, Mark, <laughs> I, I loved Mark Valley just pushing his way through Mardi Gras partiers, like throwing guys across the street and up against walls. Mm-hmm. To do what? I don't quite. Once again, he's not in real pursuit. And then Nicolas Cage is able to avoid him by just putting on a Mardi Gras mask. Just the lazy. It's the laziest thing. It's like yeah. this very cheap mask. I'm still dressed in this outfit that they've seen me in. Yeah. But as soon as he puts it on, he becomes invisible and they cannot find him. Also, they should have done glasses. Yes. Yeah. Where'd he go? Uh, <laughs> a toothpick in his mouth. Yeah. You know? Uh, wait, he never has a toothpick. That can't be him. Um, uh, uh, I also, this is a sign of the budget is like, they do have some Mardi Gras extras, but not that many, like way fewer than would be at the real Mardi Gras, right? Like they have some, they've gotten about 50 people. Mm -hmm. They've got enough money for that, but it, it felt like, oh man, this is, this is underpopulated for Mardi Gras in the middle of New Orleans. Like, you know. Um, but yeah, I'd, so the, but yeah, Mark Valley just throwing people around uh, really made me laugh. Uh, let's yeah, um, daughters in the foam insulated truck. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, so so Cage does something that I was kind of amazed by. His first step is he just goes right to the FBI and tells them what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, right. oh my God, somebody just went to the cops in one of these movies. I can't believe it. Yeah, A reasonable person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. They once again their shitty investigation. They're like, "Oh, sure, your daughter's kidnapped. Oh yeah, this is all just a ruse." This, and I was trying to think, a ruse to what? Mm-hmm. I don't. And even well, they're saying it's so he can get the money that he hid somewhere. I guess is the is the idea. But part uh, of it is like, if he's going, come with me. Then then go he... with him, and if he is trying to get the money back then bust him well that's what i I thought even if you think this is a trap like play along for a little bit and see where this goes no they're like get out of here get out of here god he comes in here with that shit follow you every step anyway yeah yes uh and so nicholas cage out of desperation then as he's being escorted out the building just beats up a couple fbi agents in the elevator and handcuffs them and steals yeah. the ID of one of them so he can use the FBI computers to locate MC Ganey's character. Mm-hmm. He needs his current address. And he's living in some shitty flop house with a barking dog. Oh, MC Ganey yelling at this dog really got me. Everybody's so angry in this. Like, <laughs> over the top, mad about everyday things this feels this feels improvised to me where they're just like yell at that dog (laughs) (laughs) i i swear to god i'm gonna kill that dog and that dog's owner i'm gonna skin the dog and make shoes out of it i think is what he says (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. uh so uh cage busts in with a gun where he got this gun i don't know um doesn't matter it really doesn't matter uh, and uh, he puts a gun on Ganey, and he uh, here's another one line. He he says, "I'll blow your lunch all over this carpet." Oh wait, it wasn't it Ganey's 
gun? Oh, did he take the, maybe he took the that's gun right. from Ganey. Yeah. That's it. That's I it. think he that's what it was. He yeah. didn't come with the gun. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, Cause we'll also later find out that Ganey has a shotgun hidden in his couch. Mm-hmm. As everyone does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I assume both of you do. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. I, de- I definitely, I've do. got a couple uh, in the couch. Yeah. <laughs> uh they uh yeah so he and uh gainey says well okay i did help him set up this plan to kidnap your daughter but i don't know anything about it now that it's in action but oh too late the fbi swat team is here and man does mc mc gainey go out of this movie unceremoniously Mm -hmm. i was a little confused by why the police shot him. He just, cause he points his gun at them, right? He, he starts to lower it. It, yeah. it hadn't even, he smiles at them for like a second or so. Mm-hmm. There's like a beat. And then he start ever so slightly starts to lower it. And he gets shot like five times in the yeah. stomach. Yeah. Um, that actually feels pretty real to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't that I didn't blip on that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that's good police work because uh, you you might want to question this man. You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, not. but uh, no, they just blow him away. And I did think, oh, what was the point of this character at all? Then, like, why establish this guy at the beginning, bring him back, only to then just blow him to pieces? Like, okay, great. I have no idea. Anyway, Nicholas Cage, Cage did get the information that his daughter was kidnapped, although he already knew that. So what did he actually get from this conversation? Like what new piece of information? That she's in a taxi. Okay, gotcha. That's it, because now he's going to r- jump out the window and take a cab driver he, hostage so he can find... Didn't he already know that she was in a taxi based on the conversation he had well, with Josh know. Lucas? Because... Yeah. The the because the next thing he does is steals a cab. I thought yes. that was the information. He steals this cab so he can locate Josh Lucas's cab, which once again though is functioning on the premise that Nicolas Cage goes, he must really be working for a cab company. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to fake that. Uh, for some reason, I thought Josh Lucas like mentioned that he was driving the taxi if he cab did then this scene with mc ganey is completely pointless you're right uh <laughs> i yeah i would go back and, and but, find out but i i don't care that yeah. much so. <laughs> that would require a level of effort in viewing this movie that no one wants to take uh <laughs> yeah so yeah uh so mc ganey's dead nicholas cage runs across the roofs uh mm-hmm. and then he, he takes this cab driver hostage at gunpoint Mm-hmm. Uh, and goes, uh, you got to call in to dispatch and find out where this other cab is. And, uh, oh, let's talk about my favorite character, which is this dispatcher, who is another needlessly silly character in this movie. Yes, stereotypical New Orleans uh, resident, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and he gets a one-liner, which is when, because they, they eventually do locate the guy, and then Nicolas Cage just tosses the actual cab driver out of the car. Very heroic. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and then he gets on the thing and goes, Hey, thanks! And the dispatcher goes, Did you turn white on me all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, why did Nicolas Cage respond at all? That's just giving away the fact that somebody else was in the cab at yeah. any point. 
Yeah. But then I'm just like, oh, okay. He only said something so that they could have this one liner. <laughs> we got to find a way to drop this one liner in here. It's too good not to use. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So Cage tracks the car. And then we have Cage running across the roofs of, of stalled traffic of cars yes. and traffic to get to yes. the cab driver. But, oh, no. Josh Lucas was one step ahead of him here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've put the wrong cab number sticker. I don't know how he ma- he had to have made this sticker then, right? I would assume so. Um, and I don't know how this cab driver didn't notice the, you know, the sticker on right away. Uh, yeah. What were you saying, Elizabeth? I like to think of Josh Lucas with his like exacto knife, you know, like making this. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Where's that scene yeah. where he's doing arts and crafts? Yeah. That's what I want to see. And then he's also, boy, once again, 2012, he stuck his GPS, which is a big like console thing. He's jam. Mm-hmm. He's put into the trunk of this car. Man, he's thought of everything, this guy. Who's the real criminal mastermind here? Uh, Did he really need Nicolas Cage then? That's what I think. They're like, oh, it all fell apart for him because you were the brains. It's like, well. This is pretty elaborate stuff, yeah. Out of control nut. Yeah. And I I also uh, had the same thought about how he lost the leg. Because he got shot in the leg, but that doesn't mean you lose your leg. No, <laughs> only if you don't get it treated. Yeah. If he was like on the run and like got some sort of terrible infection and was just like yeah. bad, bad self care. But I would have liked an acknowledgement of that this movie just seems to go like shot in the leg, lose his leg, and ask you. And yeah, mm-hmm. where the syphilis come from? Also, we get a classic. I'm a dying bad guy coughing through all of my monologues acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Does he have consumption? <laughs> what is happening here? <coughs> it's the syphilis. <laughs> I don't think I don't think a cough is a a, a symptom of that. Um no. but uh yeah, he's he's just generally in well, he was a golden boy and now he's a Picasso, as he said. So uh, <laughs> uh so yeah, uh he switched the thing and then he's a, immediately Nicolas Cage is arrested while mm. doing this. Oh no, the FBI has finally caught up with him and they've got him for what? What has he done? <laughs> I mean, he beat up those uh, FBI agents. He, yes, and he stole classified information. I yeah. Think. Yeah. But once again, this doesn't put it together. Think about being an investigator, you guys. Think about why he's doing this. This doesn't sound like what no. he used to do. Uh, uh-huh. It doesn't seem, yeah, it's not like, oh man, he's cooking up another heist. And he's been out of jail. Keep in mind, once again, he's been out of jail for like four hours at this point. Yes, this is <laughs> this is still the same day yes. as him being released. Uh, thing where they just like they need Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, like, yeah, yes. yeah. We got ourselves a fugitive. Um, yeah, where you just go like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's nobody putting any pieces together like Tommy Lee Jones from the Fugitive. Um, no. I hate that in movie. That's one of the things that makes the Fugitive so good is. I hate when you have to make the people chasing them dumb in order for yes. like you, these guys have to be so stupid, um, which also makes them less of a threat as antagonists, right? Like there's no sense like, yeah. oh no, I never believe that you can't outsmart these two. Um, oh yeah, they're bumbling idiots. They're like uh, villains from the Dukes of Hazzard, you know, <laughs> like that kind of, yeah. or A-team villains. Yeah, yeah, any 80s yeah. TV show, right, where you could yeah. easily put one over on the Crooked General or something, you know. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, uh, 
but uh, don't worry, he's able to get out of his handcuffs pretty easy because, oh, because the phone starts ringing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I do like the specificity of if you don't pick up an eight rings, I'm going to kill your daughter. Right. How long does it ring before a voicemail picks up? Eight rings seems kind of excessive. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And also it's, yeah. well, it's, he's forwarded the call too, so he's on a new phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that phone also will do eight rings. It's like, did he break the hand? Did he dislocate it? Because he seems fine the rest of the movie after that I horrific think based sound. on other action movies, he dislocated his thumb and slipped it out, which is uh, a, a, a tactic I've seen from other action movies. But that's so many. Yeah. That's that's using other action movies to say this movie doesn't explain that or anything. But yeah, the, yeah. I, and I have no idea if that works. It's once it, it seems to just be an accepted fact in many action movies now that if you dislocate your thumb, you can just slip out of handcuffs. Um, mm -hmm. And then he causes this insanely violent car crash, though. Yes. Yes. It's like, <laughs> how the hell did he get out? And he, all of this, I'm like, what ring are they on? Like, yeah, I know. What the hell? <laughs> all of this before eight rings. Yeah, I'm here. Oh. Also, those police officers are dead, right? They, like, they would have died. <laughs> the car, I mean, when I say it's, a, it's such a... Uh, a horrific car crash that happens. The car yep. flips and smashes into a wall and stuff like that. You're like, good lord. Yep. Also, yep. what civilians they're, they're were dead. around on the crowded streets of Mardi Gras that probably got crushed mm -hmm. by this. Uh, mm -hmm. But whatever, Nicolas Cage's daughter is fine. So, uh, mm. yeah. I think this is the Dukes of Hazard. Like <laughs> in the, the, you know, the car chase at the beginning when he's like jumping off the ramp. I was yeah. like, mm -hmm. what they needed was Malin Ackerman to come out in a string bikini and short shorts to well, distract the FBI agents. I mean, she gets a pretty stupid distraction of FBI agents later. That's almost Dukes of Hazard esque. Uh, not, not, in, not with, uh, you know, I, I'm. Uh, but uh, the thing with the mannequin is incredibly dumb. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. This this yeah. now on this phone call is when he goes, okay, I'm going to steal some money then. So now mm -hmm. we're finally getting to another heist in a movie called Stolen. God, they uh, could have just they could have just done this right away. Like, yeah. why meander? I don't understand. And we didn't bother to talk about because there's no point in talking about the scene where the daughter is able to punch through the back seat oh the only thing that's that right, amounts to nothing the only it thing that i want to that i want to specifically mention about this completely insane is josh lucas just randomly beating the shit out of a guy who gets in his cab mm -hmm. that guy deserved it <laughs> that guy totally deserved it oh the weird horny australian man yeah who's getting into an off-duty cab and refuses to get out like yeah. that guy did deserve that and he's talking about getting it on with a pregnant woman or something like that i couldn't follow so exactly crazy. what he was talking about but yeah his dialogue was like if you uh looked up the most stereotypical australian fake slang you could possibly yeah, find. yeah mike come on um, I think I, he compares something to a bandicoot at some point. Like <laughs> it's it's buck wild. He also no says no Australian. I don't know if this is Australian, like but it's very old time. Where he goes, all right, mate, I got to get off the blower now. Uh, the yeah. blower. <laughs> wow, that's an old timey term for phone. Uh, yeah. yeah. He so, was like the Australian version of I don't know if you've ever seen Love Actually. Sure. There's some British dude whose whole plot is to get to America because he can't get laid in England right. and he right. American girls love accents. Yeah. 
that's who this guy is. A hundred percent. That's it exactly. Uh, and uh, also, yeah. if if she's able to get her hand through the seat, mm-hmm. she's able to speak through this hole. Yep. Correct. Yep. So uh, she would have been able to say something to both the Australian guy and the cop that eventually uh, pulls she jo- does Josh Lucas something over. actually smart in this too when she takes the she light does. out of the brake light so the mm-hmm. cop but then yeah I thought the same thing she's still pounding away at the trunk and stuff I why didn't once the guy's leaning into the car to talk to him why wouldn't you yell through the hole in the seat and also once she's <laughs> through the once she can put her hand through it couldn't you tear through more of the seat at that point once it's kind of yeah, you think? No, instead yeah. we get the dramatic scene of her with her fingers trying to dial on the phone. I mean, we—I like said we can just all this stuff can just be blown through because yeah, he kills this cop after talking about his father, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, yeah, she escapes out of the trunk only to be recaptured immediately, making that scene I did, pointless. I did like that the cop was walking away. Was totally gonna let him let him off. Yeah, and then he he just happens to like say one more thing about his dad um i don't remember what it was oh yeah he had tremendous vanity is the line he he gives this cop and then the cop's like okay you know what fuck you all right get out of the car <laughs> it's like this didn't need to happen yeah why 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 is any of this happening so yeah they uh the, the fbi goes to the dispatcher they find josh lucas's face in the employee book thank god Weird, weird choice. Well, I also yeah. like they talk about, do you have a guy working here who's got crazy blonde hair and one leg? And he's like, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> of course we do. I know that guy. <laughs> and there's that? a line in here that's pretty funny. It's like, uh, I don't know if there's any, like, if he's, like, dangerous or anything, but he scares my kids. <laughs> and they're in their 20s or something. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I, I legitimately enjoyed this guy's performance. Yes. Yes, I, I he thought does. He, was he scares funny. my kids. And they're in their 20s. And then uh, <laughs> the police run off, and he just goes, Fat Tuesday, everybody go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted more of this guy. He actually did. I did legitimately enjoy him. Uh, yeah. so yeah, so he gets uh, Cage gets Mullins Ack- Ackerman's help, and then they very quickly, yes, have put together all the tools needed for this torch thing. I is in one of my favorite heist movies, Michael Mann's Thief, the James Conn movie, and that's like it's like a big deal in that movie to get this to use it. You also can't use it for very long because it's so hot. But this movie is just mm. such a casual device. It's so weird to see two different movies presentation of this is either like an incredibly dangerous and exact thing that you can use in small bursts to this movie where he's just melting gold from above with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cause he likes the, they get, they get under the, but by, by the way, really easy to get under or in these, this bank, this bank has many access points because this is the God, same bank they broke they into at the start. Yes, you'd think they would have closed off the uh, the uh, what is it the maintenance tunnels below. Yeah, no. Uh, after the first time, no, and no, he, the security is exactly the same as it was. And the that first floor time was pretty it. thin. It doesn't take much for him to melt through the concrete. Uh, they learned yeah. nothing. Yeah, and then yeah, he's melting the gold, which I do think is clever. Like I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. And it's it's falling into the water, and then Malin Ackerman's picking up these big gobs of gold and putting them in a bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I did think, though, he needs $10 million worth of gold. Well, this is a pretty inexact way to get gold. I don't know how much gold he gets from this. Unclear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did look up I'd how much he gets 10 pounds. He has 10 pounds of gold at the end of the movie, which mm-hmm. I looked up by today's gold exchange would be about $18,000. Nothing. You can't even buy a taxi with that. <laughs> no, I know. It's so funny when they talk about if I keep, you can keep this and be rich. Nope. <laughs> no. Gold is valuable. Not that. You still need a lot of it, though. Like it's t- 10 mm-hmm. pounds of gold isn't actually that much. Uh, mm-hmm. so, I, so I don't know how much gold he got here, but he got just... He, he does basically at the end of the movie go, here, Josh Lucas, here's some loose gold. <laughs> oh, I hope it's enough. Um, uh, yeah, so they, they get the gold. Of course, the FBI is, as always, just too slow. I also love this weird beat where they go with the manager to the vault of this bank. And he's trying to enter the thing. And Danny Houston just goes, uh, could you hurry it up? <laughs> Opening this vault. Could you? Well, this is kind of an emergency. Could you really hurry it up? The guy, I like the guy was immediately done. Like, yeah. dude, just hold on. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a process. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Opening a bank vault, I don't think is just like boop, 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 and it's open. You know, like shouldn't be really quick and easy to open. No, that's I, the point. And I know modern bank vaults are really complex and have like timed locks and. I think fingerprints and stuff. I mean, I think, you know, it's like Danny Houston's like, come on, man, enter those numbers. Damn it. Your bank is being robbed. We're in a hurry. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yes, it leads to this fake out with the switch of trucks and Mollen Ackerman's driving a mannequin around when they stop her. Yeah. Pretty lame. And they've been, yeah. oh, they've been hoodwinked again. She American would she have been arrested like for Nicholas Cage? Yeah, they didn't even put a wig on it. No, yeah, like, come on, guys. Try. Yeah, damn. Yeah, uh, good question, Elizabeth. Would she be arrested for this? I don't know. I mean, she's excessively speeding, but that's not a federal crime. So the FBI is not looking into that. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and there's technically no evidence that she helped Nicholas Cage steal the gold. So no, although they'll later, <laughs> he didn't look very hard because in her truck. Later at the end of the movie, she'll just have some gold jammed in there. It's still there. Yeah. It's still hey, there. Hey, what's this? Uh, some gold. Uh, <laughs> uh, very, very strange. Uh, they are the worst. They are the worst FBI agents of all yeah. time. But they do find a map indicating where the drop is uh, going to be. The FBI does so that they know where Cage is going, which, of course, is an abandoned fairground. Of yeah, of course. Yeah, because <laughs> this because this is Gotham City, and you've just got a yeah, bunch of abandoned know... <laughs> carnival grounds. This is the origin deal. story for the Joker, actually. <laughs> yeah, this does kind of feel like Josh Lucas's audition for the Joker. Um, a little bit, yeah. Gosh. Scarecrow. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, yeah, the look mm. of it for sure. Um, man. Uh, so yeah, so they find the job location. Cage shows up there. And yeah, he just throws the bag of loose gold and he's like, there we go. And this is where Josh Lucas is like, well, I, no, it's not good enough. Never mind. I'm still mad. I'm still mad. And I think this is where he talked about, you took away the only thing that I loved, me. (laughs) And so, yeah, he lights his cab on fire with the daughter inside. 
Wouldn't then, it have been more interesting if he loved Nicolas Cage's character, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And something. I did know? think I did think when he took away the only thing I love, I thought it was going to be Nicolas Cage or their gang, you know, like the, with the team. You disbanded the team or something like that. That team was all I had, you know, kind yeah, of a thing. That would be way more interesting than just him being, I'm a psycho villain who loves myself and only myself. Like... Mm-hmm. And except they abandoned him, he didn't abandon them. They dro- took off without him. It's true. That was not his choice. Yeah. yeah. And there's never any mention of that from Nicholas Cage to Josh Lucas or Malin Ackerman. <laughs> nope. I like that he's he's just let that go. Whatever they pretty much caused eight years in prison for him, but he's cool with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so then he they did mention it. He did mention it to MC Ganey at one point. Oh, uh, yeah. As if he knew that MC Ganey was responsible, even though I don't know how close he was to the car when it pulled away, if well, he would be able the, to tell. The other thing is the movie doesn't cut to inside the van for that, like, we just got to go. No, wait, we should stay behind. Uh, there's no, it's just, we're still with Nicolas Cage. We see the van drive off. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. There's yeah. no, yeah, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> again, the movie, no, this is a movie interested in no details or specifics of no. anything. Uh, no. so then we get Lisman. Uh, you're you're uh, you're often the hand and fight guy on this show. How how do you like this fight between Nicolas Cage and Josh Lucas? Uh, I mean, it wasn't anything to write home about. You know, yeah. there wasn't anything. They were mostly the. I think the difficulty of this is cutting around his his quote unquote fake leg. Mm. Um, and how to make. I'm I'm sad it didn't that didn't come more into play in the choreography, you know? Yeah. Uh, Like Nick Cage takes, like removes it or something Uh, or, or or, yeah, I don't know. Not, not much to go to go, go watch uh, the first Kingsman movie. If you want to see prosthetic legs actually come into play in action sequences. Um, Yeah. The, but uh, no, instead it's all this race to get to the burning car. And once Nicholas Cage does get to the burning car, his way to deal with this is not to try to open the trunk. It's I'm gonna drive this thing into the water to yeah. make the fire I was go. Like, is there a latch inside I to open the trunk? They at like, no point addressed that. that, which I thought was very funny. He yeah. would rather risk drowning his daughter than use a, <laughs> well, a, a basic hazard one more time. That's yeah. what I thought. When he drove it into the water, I go, Great, now she'll drown instead of burn. I don't know, like it feels like I he don't would know have... which way is worse to die. I honestly don't know. Well, she's in which the is trunk and it's insulate. I mean, you would think like he's ha- he'd have more time before the flames reach her than when the water yes. would reach her, actually. Yes. And then he's struggling. To... And at this point, I thought, oh, because Josh Lucas gets. What, did I... what happens here? He's caught on fire. He get... Yes, he gets caught right. on fire by the yeah. thing. Then Cage hits him with the cab on his way. And I thought that was the end of him. No. Yeah. Nope. And also, apparently, he's he's burned, and his sh- whole shirt got burned off because now Josh Lucas has his shirt off. Cool. Yes, yes. He goes full Jason Voorhees out of the water on him. He does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, and Which it's, again, he has a prosthetic leg. Like, how fast of a swimmer is he going to be? Right. I, right. I don't understand. Slippery, but yeah. But Cage, yeah. Is, Cage, Cage gets this metal pipe and pries open the trunk, then uses said metal pipe to impale Josh Lucas. Yes. You know, I thought maybe that was the leg. 
It wasn't. I did. Maybe it's the. It's, I don't. It's, it's. I don't think so. I, it was too uh, long. It looked. Yeah, too it's. Long. It's like a poll. That would have actually been good, though. Yes. Uh, but that's and, what I mean. Like the prosthetic leg is there. You should use it in the choreography in some way. Yeah. Like it that's what a good fight choreographer play. would do. Uh, yeah. So he impales him, and then not only does he impale him, Josh Lucas then slides into the trunk that closes, and he goes into the water as the car sinks into the water. But he shot mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage earlier, so now Nicolas Cage yeah. is dying on the dock. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> and just when I got my daughter back, you know. But uh-oh, <laughs> don't worry. Once again, you talk about knowing what's going to happen in the movie, Elizabeth. I'm going, he's going to be fine. Danny Houston's coming. And here, totally. they, here they come uh, in the FBI helicopter. And all I'm of a at sudden... no point worried for Nicolas Cage's... No, you but know, you know well who's very worried about Nicolas Cage? Danny Houston all of a sudden he goes, Oh my God, we got to get him in the helicopter and get him help right now. Oh my God. I love this man. Yeah. <laughs> he can't die. I need to chase him more. Uh <laughs> yeah. Which is what he does. Yes. Yes. Oh, that. I mean... So yeah, we we then we transition to I don't think they give us a time frame. Months later, I guess. Nicholas Cage totally fine from that bullet wound to the stomach. Uh mm -hmm. and uh yeah, Mal but but they fake us out cuz they have Malin Ackerman and the daughter driving past a cemetery. Right. To yeah. Nicholas Cage's new life in a trailer on the side <laughs> like a river bank. <laughs> Living the high life. Yeah. In a van down by the river. Basically, he's basically <laughs> living in, he's living Matt Foley style. Um, <laughs> with, and, and it, but it's, but it, it's presented as if it's like idyllic and the music is telling us everybody's happy now. Does Malin Ackerman live there? Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, they, you're right when you said it, it's sort of trying to be portrayed as an idyllic uh home you know family yeah but there's still no like chemistry between nicholas cage and and mullen ackerman no so you, they don't tell you one way or the other if they're supposed to be i think it's just framed in a way it's like well you know yeah it, it it's a family of sorts yeah. whatever you want to be it is you know because of course uh the mother is still oh non-existent you know? and, and yeah yeah she took off to europe but don't worry yeah whatever house they had that she was living and I guess is gone and now she's living in this <laughs> this trailer on a riverbank with Nicolas Cage who's making kebabs. Is the kebabs. sequel to this movie looking for the mom when they realize, I mean, she should have been back by now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she really should have been back. Yeah, Cage comes out with a plate of kebabs he's about to put on the barbecue. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's right about here. Well, it's right about here he finds this gold. But wouldn't you know it, just what watching his everyday life or the two FBI agents floating on a boat out in the river? Yeah. <laughs> couple, These guys have no life. Couple of this is psychos. the weirdest scene. Yeah, this is the weirdest scene. Well, they're just straight up stalking him now. Like, uh, <laughs> yes. And I, I like binoculars. that they're both. One of them's rooting for for Nick Cage. And the other <laughs> one's rooting for him to like keep it so that they can arrest him because he finds which, the hunk of gold in yeah. Malin Ackerman's truck, the bed of the truck, yeah. goes like, hey, <laughs> don't you ever clean out your truck? Uh, <laughs> but also, even if he throws it away, they are FBI agents. They yeah. are eyewitnesses to the fact that they had some of the gold. Like, yeah. what? And I also thought about, it's like a river and it's a big hunk of gold. It's just going to sink right where it fell. Yeah. You could retrieve that so easily. 
Oh yeah. Detector. No, but it, yeah, and yeah, as if the, yeah, you're right. As if there's some sort of difference in the law if he kept it versus threw it away. It's no crime <laughs> if he throws it away. Flesh. Yeah, exactly. But if no, he, it's like cool. you can steal whatever you want as long as you immediately destroy it. <laughs> can you imagine if somebody's like, I just committed murder with this gun, but I'm okay because I threw the gun in the river. <laughs> Therefore, exactly. even though the police saw me do it, I and don't they know have where it the anymore. gun is, and they can retrieve it. Nah, yeah. damn that loophole! Damn that loophole! Uh, yeah. Throw the body in the river. You're yeah. all set. Right. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Police don't go in the water. We know that. <laughs> They're like cats. They yeah. hate it. Oh, once it's in the water, it's uh, we can't touch it. Um, yeah, and Cage, we get this. Yeah, we get this whole scene where he's like debating whether to throw it, and Danny Houston's going, "Come on, man, do it." Mark Valley's like, "No, keep it. I want to arrest him." Uh, and then he does throw it. But what's this? He didn't really throw it. Ooh. It's a fake out. He threw a ceramic pine cone? It's like a giant pine cone, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was like a it was like a centerpiece of a pine cone. It's weird. He threw that. And it fooled them enough, though, <laughs> apparently, with their high-power binoculars. They thought it was gold. John, uh, John, did you write down the... I wish I wrote down the line that the... Uh, police officer or the fbi agent said after he threw it i believe like, i really, do ha i believe i do have the line here uh yes i do i do here. i do have it here okay thank, thank god oh thank you will i'll return to my life now <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> What life, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, already, we already talked about how his wife has left him and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. I can't imagine he has also, custody of the kids. Uh, this is like long after, well, it's a, a period of time after the events of the film took place. So, like, why he could have returned to his life at any point after. Well, and I also like that by film. doing this, let's assume that they think he's such a, a criminal is going to keep coming back. Him just throwing this gold means. Ah, oh, he'll never commit crime again now. A reformed <laughs> criminal, truly. Um, yeah, I God, yeah, that was so weird. I mean, this is Very a man weird. who compared arresting Nicolas Cage to being equal to getting married and the birth of his children. So that's all. Yes. That's yeah. all on the same level of this guy's life. So, yeah, and that's that. That's the end of the movie. I did think there's going to be some way they're going to keep the gold because that's the heist movie kind of ending where oh, they do have it. And then what? Mm -hmm. Then we got to watch Nicolas Cage go sell gold. Uh, yes, yes. Like it's it's next. hard to deal with gold. I we I've dealt with that myself, kind of. When uh, I had a crazy grandfather who was so convinced the banks were going to collapse for decades that he put a lot of his money into gold. So when he died, we had to deal with all this gold. Like it was weird. And that's not Did he easy. bury it in his backyard like Ron Swanson? <laughs> no, he literally had buckets of loose, like, gold and silver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was okay. weird. It was really weird. But it was like a thing where everybody went like, what do we do with this? And there are agencies and services and stuff, but it's really, it's, it's gold, gold and diamonds in movies. I always think about like, well, that's not just getting away. Actually, that was uh, last week's movie, Kill Chain Listman, was Nicolas Cage with a bunch mm -hmm. of diamonds. Yep. And that was yes. another thing. He had he had a whole thing of diamonds, uh, and we also as as of course uh, when he said he that's when I learned why they're called blood diamonds, which was a great line from last week's movie. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the end of Stolen. Uh, man, is there a kill of the movie in this thing? 
Uh, I mean, Josh Lucas. Maybe Josh Lucas. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's Lucas, like, weird and roundabout. He dies like four times, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I guess it's him because everybody else pretty much just gets shot or whatever. There's yeah, not a lot I can't, of killing I can't in think it. Of- um, no homicides. Yeah. No homicides. No homicide. Come on, man. You know my famous anti-homicide policy. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, there are a few one-liners to go through here, so let's let's look at our nominees for one-liner of the movie. Uh, first off, we have Josh Lucas saying, "I've been to prison. Didn't like it. In fact, I fucking hated it." Uh, when Danny Houston arrests Nicolas Cage, he says, "My wedding day. The birth of my twins." Now this, talking about highlights. Uh, Sad, but okay. Yeah, I, I'll just throw it in for it. But, uh, of course, we do have Mark Valley saying, hope you got raped every day. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, it's so harsh uh, and awful. Um, uh, Nicholas Cage telling Danny Houston, I'm not the squirrel playing with his nuts here. Uh, then uh, Malin Ackerman to the guy checking her out in the bar, thanks for the visual massage. Uh, Nicholas Cage threatening to shoot MC Ganey. I'll blow your lunch all over the carpet. Uh, and then the last two belong to the dispatcher, which is uh, uh, what is this? Did you go and turn white on me all of a sudden? And then Fat Tuesday, everybody go crazy. What do we think is the one-liner of the movie? I mean, I would have to go with Danny Houston's, not because it's so clever or funny, but just because it's so overwrought and it's it's like the backbone of this movie's premise. Yes, yes, I think yes. I think you make an excellent point for that. I also I just I love the structure of it too, where it's like but uh but uh talking about highlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is uh, like I want Nicolas Cage to be like that's sad, man. Like. <laughs> That's that's pretty mad. You gotta really look at yourself. You got kids. Yeah. Like pay that's, pay attention to them. Yeah, man. come on, man. Like I steal stuff, and even I'm like there for my daughter. Uh. <laughs> she do the whole Don Draper. Like I don't think about you at all. Yeah, like, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, we'll go. We'll go with that. Danny Houston gets the one liner uh, of yeah. the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Well, so uh, as always, you know, it's my mission in life to find the strangest IMDb reviews for the movies we watch. And this one's pretty weird, I, I will say, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of the of the 104 people who bothered to write reviews for this movie. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. I know. That's I know. Right. Uh, so the <laughs> right off the bat, this the title of this is crazy. Uh, it starts with. An action thriller movie in which an ex-criminal's daughter is kidnapped by his ex-criminal partner and has to somehow rob $10 million in order to save his daughter. That's the title of their review, is a brief plot synopsis. Okay. (laughs) Off to a good start, right? Uh, This comes to us from uh, uh, IMDb user Amagorishi. Uh, and uh, the the review here here's the review. Stolen is categorized as an action thriller movie, and that is just what it is. Uh, this movie is about ninety. Uh, and this movie is about ninety minutes, but even so, it's so full of action and amazement, it feels like it was just ten minutes. The time flies so quickly. It starts with a bank robbery. 
Uh, and that is the first instance when one gets to know about Will, the protagonist, sharp and clever mind. He's about he's able to confuse the whole FBI, and though is caught in the end, it wasn't because of lack of planning, but because of his righteous behavior of not killing anyone. But the antagonist Vincent doesn't care about human life and kidnaps Will's daughter. Uh, kidnaps Will's daughter Allison after Will's freed from prison. This movie is full of action and cleverness. Uh, car chase, two bank robberies, and heck of lots. I don't know what that means, but that's what they wrote. Um, and it's a low-budget movie. It is overall an excellent movie, and I loved it. I cannot tell you anymore without leaking out a scene from this mind-blowing movie. But I tell you this, you are going to love it. 10 out of 10 stars. So did Nick Cage write this or what? <laughs> it does feel like that, yeah. yeah. It's so full of action and amazement is one of my favorites. Uh, and of course, yeah, the, that's the first time you get to know. the. I, I also like the, the the was it the, that's the first time you get to know about Will, uh, the protagonist, in case you've forgotten. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's their glowing review of Stolen. Uh, I don't agree with They've that. They've clearly never seen... Better, a better film. Uh, yeah, I guess if you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with movies at all, really, then yeah, this is pretty good. Uh, now, uh, Lisman, our old friend from Amazon, uh, didn't get a chance to see this movie, unfortunately. Interesting. It's on, it's on Amazon. It is on Amazon. He has, he has, he has yet to get to it. Cause I feel like, uh, I feel like old Bruce would love this movie. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's got, got punching and kicking and shooting. <laughs> And chasing and uh, and whatnot. I also like that that other person loved that it had two bank robberies. This is not a movie with one bank robbery. This is a movie with two bank robberies and a car The more chase. bank robberies, the better. That's how honestly. I judge stuff. No question about it. Um, but I did mention that this movie is very similar to the plot of another Nicolas Cage movie, Gone in 60 Seconds. And uh, mm -hmm. Bruce did have the opportunity to watch that recently uh, and review it. So uh, it's time for another segment of the winning opinion uh yes here is uh, amazon user bruce winnings review of gone in 60 seconds uh and this is uh this is a pretty classic winning review listen uh <laughs> it's titled i love the fast cars uh <laughs> i like the action and violence i like the punching and kicking I like the car pursuit scenes. I appreciate the classic automobiles. I like the explosions. I like the shooting. This movie is right for my enjoyment. Five out of five stars. Right for my enjoyment. Yep. He, wow. Uh, he's that sounds a... like that should have been Josh Lucas's line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah, Bruce is an easy uh, audience member to please, but don't mix in other genre elements. We know he doesn't like when sci-fi gets involved and such like that. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I still, I don't think have we ever actually read his Deja Vu review, or do we just love the title where he says "Warning: Time Travel"? Um, he got fooled. They fooled him with that one. It looked like it was just going to be an action thriller with Denzel, but then well, he's traveling through time. He doesn't like that. Um, yeah. And actually, Not as we fan. know from, was it last week's review or maybe the one before, he normally doesn't care for Nicolas Cage. Uh, hmm. So he liked the Gone in 60 Seconds in spite of Nicolas Cage. So um, there you go. There's Bruce Winning's review of Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, all right. Well, we didn't think this was the best movie, so we're going to once again bust out our patented handy-dandy uh, action movie title generator 
and uh, and see if we can come up with something better for action movie audiences and specifically problematic divorced dads to watch. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so let's. Uh, I'm gonna fire this up here and uh, and see what we get. Uh, all right, we're getting. Hold on, here it comes. Okay, leader of the flight. Leader. And this is a, this is another Nicolas Cage vehicle, and I think Josh Lucas doing another heel turn, right? I th I think so. Yeah, yeah. and maybe may, we'll just re bring the whole cast in. Malin Ackerman's the female lead, Nicolas Cage, but Nicolas Cage in Leader of the Flight. Is this implying like a pilot? Like he's a a pilot? Uh, I think of some sort. I think it's it's kind of an airplane scenario where he was a pilot. He's not the pilot of whatever this flight is, but he's forced to become it. So we're talking about the plot of the movie Airplane. Kind of, we're... kind of. Yeah, I mean, let's start from that, you know. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, but but we need Cage to be Cage. The, yes. The, that was our biggest critique of this film. Yes. So how how do we emphasize? Is he the villain of this movie? Perhaps. Well, we've talked about Josh Lucas being the villain, but maybe they do swap roles, and that was the problem we said with this movie. So maybe right. Josh Lucas is the leader of the flight, and Nicolas Cage is the villain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there, are, and this is a, a commercial airline. Well, what, what, okay, wait. Let me let me let me posit something. Bruce wouldn't line. Give a little sci-fi. What if it's a okay. commercial space flight? Ooh. That's kind of so the rage season. Too. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But uh, but you know, more grounded, right? There's a, but uh uh oh okay, wait a minute. So the it's 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 a rival, you know, cuz this is sort of like a Bezos or whatever who started now a commercial sure. space flight service, but a rival company is looking to sabotage their maiden voyage. Excellent. And so okay. they hired okay. mercenary Nicolas Cage. <laughs> right to uh, to, to take over the plane or to take over the spacecraft yeah and uh to destroy it or to steal it or or, mm. or what, what what is his what is his goal here oh maybe uh, what about what oh listen can we do both and say that the plan is to make it seem as if the thing has been destroyed but really they're stealing it so they can reverse engineer how their space technology works Mm, yes yes now this is good yeah this is very good and josh lucas and it, is the is the the captain of the ship okay and malin ackerman is the the buttoned up business lady who's in charge of you know who's there as the representative of the company and yes. of course mm -hmm. they yes. had a thing years ago yes but you know they can't uh it, well, it didn't work out well he's so. such a lovable rogue and she's such a business lady right how could it, it ever didn't really work? make sense on paper yeah but, you know right yeah she wanted all swedish furniture and he was like <laughs> no i need my lazy boy yeah and she was like, get out of here because he's just a salt of the earth american you know oh that, yeah that was actually yeah. one note in the movie that i forgot to mention that i did appreciate she spoke swedish in the movie which she is swedish you right. really get to see people speak sure. their native language and stuff so that that was kind of a nice beat from Stolen. So let, let's have more. Yeah. She's the, maybe we make it a Swedish company. And we really lean into the fact that Malin Ackerman is Swedish. Ooh. Yeah, that does that. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, this is the this is the maiden voyage of the IKEA space flight. Um, 
gosh. Or some we sort got of an instruction t- manual. Yeah. And they're like, no, uh-huh. can we put this together? Right. We don't know. It's music. <laughs> Who has the Allen wrench? Okay, but let let uh so let's just go to Cage's villain character. What eccentricity does he have in this? What are his weird obviously got he's got a crazy look, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he has like large, thick sunglasses. Got to give him a mustache, mm-hmm. you know, that covers his mouth like a well, Wilford Brimley. Well, style we, yeah, yeah, we t- we talked about last week on the show that in Kill Chain he wanted to have a mustache in that movie, but the filmmakers mm-hmm. wouldn't let him. So yes, we're, get, we're he gets a full on like bi- yeah, big old Brimley mustache and it comes out wide. Mm-hmm. And he have the samurai hair. Yes. yes. He yeah. does. He has the samurai, yeah. and it's 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 tied up in a ponytail until the third act when he lets it down for the final yeah. action sequences, and he's all crazy. And I think he's got. Does have... he have a samurai sword? Ooh. Does he have a katana? Yes, <laughs> I like that. He's got a samurai sword on his back. I also think he's got like a milky, messed up eye that's been slashed across. Oh, nice! You know, so he's got yes. that kind of thing. Yeah. So he's you know sort yeah, of. He a... takes off his sunglasses at one point to reveal the eye yeah. or something. We save that yeah. for a reveal too. Just give him as much business as we can, right? Uh, <laughs> right. And when he takes off his sunglasses, he says, "You know what they say: an eye for an eye." Uh... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> In the yeah. world of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. You know, like. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll yes. give him lots of crazy monologues and uh mm-hmm. yeah i think this is great i mean yeah i'd watch this yeah sounds- so that's that's josh lucas nicholas cage and Malin ackerman in leader of the flight uh <laughs> one of the sillier ones we've done um well speaking of silly next week on the show we we okay. bring uh, July cage match in for a landing uh, to fit once again with the leader of the flight uh, for a movie where Cage does indeed have long crazy samurai hair. Uh, I I know you. Well, this is the listen. This is the one we've been waiting for. We've talked about the whole month has been leading up to this movie that we've been talking about for a long time, and that is Nicolas Cage and Hayden Christensen in Outcast. A medieval fantasy film medieval. starring those two actors. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a fantasy film. It's like a medieval battle movie. I think it might be oh. more grounded. I don't know if there's magic or anything in it. I don't know though, to be fair. Um, but uh, Lisman, as always, uh, would you like me to read the tagline for Outcast? Oh yeah, legends are born in battle. Outcast. Okay, that could for yeah most films but all right but if sure. you uh if you if you take a look at the poster nicholas cage has medieval armor long crazy samurai hair and he's actively cutting the throat of a guy when i think of a period piece yeah uh, like a period piece film yeah those two actors are not the two <laughs> they, people i imagine they are two of the most modern gentlemen i can think of right like yeah they do not yeah. feel like they belong in in medieval times of any sort uh yeah that this movie and a, a couple of the movies this month have been kind of like bland kind of boring kind of you know this this movie coming up i think is going to deliver on the outrageous silliness that we we were hoping to get this month yeah. I'm, I'm really really feeling optimistic about it <laughs> 
I also, I'm pretty sure Nicolas Cage plays a character who goes by the white ghost in the movie. So, um, that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. I'm the white ghost. Uh, so yeah, this does wear we, a costume. We've been excited for this movie and our old pal Donovan Eilert will be joining us next week to talk outcast right. with us. So that will, uh, and that will wrap up July cage match. But Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure thank to have you. you. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be coming back uh, soon. Actually, I think we have something that we want you to come back for, so we'll talk about that uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and have you on for that. But uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Till next week, get yourself some action. The Action Shelf. The Action Shelf is part of the Panel Up Podcast Network. Remember to follow us on social media. We're at Action Shelf Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at actionshelfpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also support the entire network by heading over to patreon.com slash panel up to get cool, exclusive bonus content. The Action Shelf.